Welcome to the Mama Truth Show, where soulful mamas embrace the whole truth of the messiness and magic of motherhood. Check us out at mamatruthshow.com. Here's your host, Amy Ehlers, the Wake Up Call Coach. Happy Mama Truth Monday, mamas. Hello, it's Amy Ehlers, the Wake Up Call Coach. And as always, I'm always so excited for our shows, but I gotta tell y'all, this is like one I've been actually wanting for months and months and months and months, and then I finally was able to book an incredible guest for you, who I'm gonna introduce in a moment. And we're gonna talk about sex, baby, right? Because as mamas, we need to be getting our groove on. And I don't know about you, but for me, there's like just a lot of shit that has come up since I've become a mom around sex. So we're going to go there today. And I'm so glad to have such an incredible, vivacious, stunningly delicious human being like the amazing Jaya on the show. So let me tell you a little bit about her. She is an internationally recognized award-winning sexologist, author of, are you ready for it? Red Hot Touch, (laughs) and the founder of New World Sex Education, which is a company that's dedicated to using real sex education to help men and women get the sex life they desire. You might have seen Jaya on Ricky Lake, on The Doctors, on Good Morning America, The Tyra Banks Show, The Anderson Show, Playboy TV. I mean, she's been everywhere talking about this. She's even shared the sage with self-help guru Tony Robbins. Jaya is a unique mix, I love this, of Dr. Ruth, check, Lady Gaga, check, and a yogi, check. (laughs) This is so great. So through her dynamic teaching, helping women and men reach their full erotic potential. So listen up, ladies, and any amazing enlightened men that are listening, because you're going to want to really take some notes for the show. So Jaya, thank you, darling. Yay! (laughs) Thank you so much. I love that's like such a juicy intro. It just turns me on. (laughs) I like it. I know. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, before we go even further into getting turned on as mom, as women, I want to know a little bit about your story, your path that led you to becoming such an incredible expert in this field. Well, I I like to say that I'm a little bit of like the healer's journey. So whatever I tend to be working on in my life tends to be what shows up, right? So for some reason, sex has always been this journey from early shame and pain and, you know, health issues around my sexuality to when, you know, I went into becoming a total sex goddess, like full out and then I became a freaked out mom. <laughs> and luckily I found my way back to sex goddessdom. Yeah. But yeah, that freaked out mom period really, I think is what your moms are going to relate to. But basically yeah. what happened was, so I, I have a baby. I had an amazing birth. I had an orgasmic birth that I studied for like nine months to do this whole orgasmic birth wow. thing. Yeah. You seriously did that? I did not know Yeah. This. Yeah. So I did that. I had, it was like my birth experience was incredible. I had horses come gather around. What? Like <laughs> on a mountaintop with the wind blow. I mean like, and, and had full wow. stimulation and nipple stimulation. I mean like a whole crazy wow. birth, like amazing birth experience. But my son, when he came out, like shot, I was in the water and like perineum totally intact. But then when he came out, he shot across like his shoulder, just kind of got stuck and shot Mm. across the pool. 
and it, I'm going to get to, so TMI. So yeah, like, no, that's great. I love it. Yeah. So I had a tear. It was an L shaped tear, whole vaginal floor. And then all the way down to my anus, this really intense, oh. crazy, massive tear. Ouch. That wasn't, I mean like, okay, tears that happens. And I know there's probably a lot of moms out there who either had C-section or tears or, yeah, you know, like I did. Kind of yep. Happen, right. Yep, sure. Yeah. And so the, the part that turned was like the hard part for me was, okay, well, the scars became keloids, which are, if you know, those big purple raised gnarly scars. Oh my God. So my vaginal opening was held open. When we went to have sex for the first time, it was excruciatingly painful. And I was like, I got to look. I don't want to look, but I got to look and see what's going on there, right? So I get out the mirror. It's such a such a journey. Like I'll never forget the first time after like looking at my vagina after birth. I was like, oh, oh, you sweet little flower that no longer look like a flower. And I was really intimately because because being a sexologist, I was really intimately in touch with my body. Like I knew what my cervix looked like. I had been in all up in there. You know, like I knew what everything looked like. Yeah. And had, I, you know, I work with a lot of bodies, so I've seen a lot of genitals in my time. So this was like looking in the mirror and going, holy smokes, something is not right here. Like, like <laughs> this is not good. Like, I thought I was going to have to have like some kind of reconstructive surgery of my pelvic floor. It was that bad. Like, my vaginal mm-hmm. opening was all held open because the scars were holding it open. It was completely purple. And this was, you know, after three or four months. And wow. I could the bottom of my vaginal canal was all scar. Like it was just like a lip there. So it gives me chills like talking about it still, but yeah. And so essentially what ended up happening was a miracle. I ended up finding someone, her name's Ellen Heed. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Who could do scar tissue work. And she's like, well, let's just dive in. Let's do this. Within three sessions, I had no scars. I was back to normal after like my second session. I was having a little pain upon orgasm, but like third session, it was, it was incredibly miraculous. Wow. So I spent the next two years doing scar tissue research with her and creating, you know, like stuff for other women. Cause I was like, how many women don't know that this, that scar tissue is the thing that's causing the pain or the pulling sensation or the lack of lubrication or just not feeling libido because scars actually affect the midline. Um, and the midline is where our sexual energy runs. Mm-hmm. And, and so when that midline gets broken with a C-section scar or some midline type of scar, you can get low libido. Like I had no idea. This affected my biochemistry. My hormones all crashed. I mean, like total intense recovery after my son was born. So that happened. Like the physical part came back online. Yes. But what didn't come back online was my connection with my partner, Ian. Wow. So, so here I am, the sexologist, right? Okay, I've healed the physical trauma of the birth. But like my, I have mind over matter. Like my libido is just high. Like I'm a high libido woman, but Ian on the other hand is not a high libido guy. And so having a child for him just crashed his sex drive, which I think is something a lot of people don't talk about is like the guy not wanting to have sex after the baby's born. Yeah. And, And you know, it can go either way. And so, so he just really shut down. And I got to the point where I was like begging for sex and he's just like, I'm tired, you know, like all that kind of stuff. All the cliche stuff that they say women say, right? Totally. And, and I mean, if you picture this, I'm on one side of the bed, he's on the other side of our king size bed and he's rolled over one way and I'm rolled over the other way, just crying, you know, like I'm just 
crying because I'm incongruent with my work that I'm doing in the world. I'm incongruent with my mission in the world. I'm not fulfilled because I'm a turned on woman. And this just recovery was so rough. So we went through this really intense period of three years. And what I had to learn to do, one, was not approach the way that I was approaching because I'm just like, why are you not having sex with me? And then I might in my mind I'm going, he's not attracted to me anymore. He doesn't want me. You know, I'm not wanted, like all that kind of negative self-talk. But then there was the way that I was seducing him or way that I was initiating sex mm-hmm. that was not within his blueprint. Oh. And then he was not initiating sex with me in my blueprint. So oh. just on two different, complete two different worlds. And, you know, because of this, I was aware of blueprints from my work, but then, you know, it's like one of those things where I'm just not like putting it into my own, my own life. Right. Or, and I was missing a blueprint. So I, I discovered a blueprint that my partner was, and I was like, oh, duh. Like I, I just had so much block around that blueprint personally that I wasn't seeing it. Okay. So I've, uh, you have to, of course, first of all, let me just say, thank you so much for sharing all that. And I just know that there are so many moms, women listening to the show right now that are nodding their heads that thought they were the only ones that think that they're like, it's their, their fault to have shame, guilt, whatever is going on. So I know how liberated, and I hope all of you moms listening right now that are relating to what Jaya is sharing can really understand um, like, let this normalize it. Let this, uh, let you have a deeper understanding of what's going on for you. And to just know that it is your birthright to have amazing, fantastic sex. I believe mm-hmm. that to the core of my being. And when it's off, there's things we can do. So mm-hmm. the blueprint, tell me more about this. What do you mean by that? How do you know what it is? Tell us. One thing I want to piggyback on before I dive into blueprints is you said pleasure is our birthright. And that's one of like my big mantras because literally every cell in your body is wired for pleasure. Like every cell, our skin is why, like we are so wired for pleasure. And I think it's something we forget as moms because it's hard to find our turn on with our like there's like a mother temptress like split, you know, which is natural. We're supposed to have that, but finding that peace. And I think, again, it starts with like knowing yourself and knowing your blueprint and knowing what turns you on. But I have just a really quick story before I dive into the blueprints. Please. Like my son, he's very superhero, like so into superheroes, (laughs) right? And playing superheroes is like the least sexy thing in my mind because like he always wants me to be the villain with the gun, you know, and he wants to play like the superhero and I'm the one with the gun. And I was like, I was like, okay, I want to live an orgasmic life. I'm completely committed to this orgasmic life and living turned on. Well, what would turn me on? I was like, okay, I am a female superhero and I have psychic powers and my psychic powers make all of the men freeze wherever they are. And then my son could shoot them down. And like, like it's those kinds of like little shifts that help me stay turned on Yeah, that, you know, help me tap into my own blueprint, but also help me like stay turned on. So I just wanted to get I, I, Well, I love that. So let's kind of go there for a minute. Well, don't worry, moms, we're going to come back to the blueprint. I promise. But so I I love what you're saying, because I think for me, and I was just talking with my husband about this the other day, I was like, you know, when I became a mom, like we had a a series of crazy events that led up to the conception of our first daughter. My my husband's birth mom and then his adoptive mom died within seven months. Mm -hmm. And there was a cancer journey involved and a suicide involved. And it was just a really hardcore period of time. And then 
a couple months later, ding, we find out that we're pregnant and we had been trying. But because of all the stress of the death and the grief and everything, and then we moved from Los Angeles to the Bay Area. So it was this huge journey. And then it was like, my husband was on, he's a musician and he was on tour for the whole second trimester Mm. of my first pregnancy. I went out and visited him on what's now known as the rock and roll pregnancy tour. and was on the bus with everyone. But, um, but I feel like then I became a mom and it was like this old version of myself, this like turned on, very sensual, very sexual version of me that was obviously younger and freer and didn't have all these responsibilities of taking care of a baby and all that stuff. Like all of a sudden it's like all of it went together. Like I collapsed it all together Mm. and mother was birthed and then suddenly I couldn't and I've been having for almost nine years now a hard time tapping back into that or creating something new for this very sexual woman, you know, in her early forties to come forth. And I feel so mm-hmm. committed right now to really bring calling her forth back into my life on a big, I know? love that commitment. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. So mom's listening, join me in this commitment. If you're feeling this, like join <laughs> me in this. And I think it is about, I love the superhero play that you were talking about because I often wonder, like, how can I integrate these so that I don't feel like when I think of mama, I, I think of nurturing, I think of loving, but I do not think of sex. And mm-hmm. I think of sexy. Yeah. And so do you have any tips for moms like me that like when they became a mom, they felt like it was, it was shameful or not okay mm-hmm. to be a sexual being. Do you mm-hmm. find that common in your work? Or? Very, very common. Yeah. And so, so there's, there's a number of things that you can do. Um, one thing is just notice, this is what I see often in my office because people come in to work with me and uh, they'll kiss and I'll be like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> pecking oh. and patting. Take pecking and patting out of your vocabulary with a partner or with your own body. Um, mm-hmm. Peck and pat is something we do with our kids but we do not peck and pat our partner. So if you're going to kiss your partner, kiss them for at least seven seconds. If you're going to hug your partner, press your full body into them. Do things that differentiate, like those, just those little teeny, that's one big thing that I notice new moms or moms have gotten so in the habit that then their husband just becomes another child. Right. And another responsibility and another obligation as opposed to a hot, juicy lover. So those are like a little distinction. And then another big tool, which is a whole big, deep thing, but find out what your erotic persona is. Okay. Your own erotically empowered persona. Like I have five different personas and I can call on them and they play differently and they have different blueprints, which allows me more range. But like one of my personas is like a wickedly kinky mistress. Okay. And she has. I think I've seen a picture of her. I think you should have a picture of her on your camera. I was like, I'm afraid of her. She is a little, she can be a little scary. You know, so like finding out who are you as an erotic being and that starts with the blueprints. Okay. So what do you mean by blueprint and how do we tap into that? Great. So we can start with our blueprint type there. Okay. It's a bigger model, but I just want to go, I want to give them the types today. Cause I think it's the easiest place. Okay. To start. Awesome. Okay. Great. So, so kind of like archetypes. Yeah. And get, get your notebooks. Okay. I'm, I'm getting my piece down. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So, so the first one is called energetic. And the energetic blueprint is someone who's turned on by anticipation, tease, and space. I am primarily energetic. So if somebody comes on too quick, too fast in my space, I will shut down, turn off, and maybe even dissociate. 
energetics oftentimes will have some kind of trauma in their history that caused them to be so sensitive. Mm. So they're hypersensitive um, on their shadow side because they are so sensitive, they will shut down, turn off, dissociate more easily. Mm. And they also can be a little hierarchical. So I see this sometimes in the woo community when I, I mean woo in the best way, like woo woo, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I lived there for many years. So where, and I, this was me, this was my shadow. I'm better than you because I'm spiritual and I'm doing sex <laughs> or my shock. I'm in my upper chakras, you know, right, like that right. kind of like, I'm better. And this is why I was blocked to one of the blueprints was because I was like, well, that's not a blueprint. That's a dysfunction. <laughs> you know? like, oh, interesting. You know, right. Like that so superiority can, complex can come out. Major <laughs> superiority. You know, with, okay. I, I joke that I lived on Tantra Island. You know, I did a lot of tantra, tantric sex when I first started my journey. Tantra Island's not a real place. People ask me all the time, where's Tantra Island? <laughs> 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 but it, you know, but it, it's you. not really a place, but I lived there for a long time. And when I got off, it was like, Whoa! you know, there's a whole world out here of other types right. of sexuality. Right. So, so uh, an energetic is going to love like this kind of light types of touch, things like okay. that. Okay. Then we have a sensual and a sensual is someone who's turned on by full body sensual play. So this might be I'm eating a strawberry while I'm dancing to some really amazing music and I have some really great smelling candles in the room. Oh. You know, I think you're a little sensual. Okay. Um, if I were to guess what your blueprint is, you're <laughs> and you, you really need that like full body, like massage. You need to get relaxed before you can really feel like you're safe mm. to move into a sexual, like you need safe container and relaxation to really move into a really deep sexuality. You can be very sexual, but it's it needs to have your whole body and everything connected into the experience, as opposed. And so, so sensuals are the ones who always moan when they're eating. They they're oh. like moan out loud a lot, like that. <laughs> if, if you're hearing that, that's probably you. Um, they well, like. That could really. I can really see that for sensuals, becoming a mom really screws you up because it's like there's no space. Yeah. And you're getting all your needs met with your, your kids is so it's, there's such a sensuality to mom. So like yeah. you're snuggling, they're so soft. I had a woman who wrote to me, she's like, my kids are so soft and warm and lovely. Yeah. And yeah. my husband's hairy and hard and smelly. You know? <laughs> <laughs> that is a sensual speaking, you know, like that. So, so like <laughs> the sensual loves this like contouring, deep grounding okay. touch. Um, I'm giving you a little bit of touch that they like. Yeah. And, and then the, the shadow side is I can't get out of my head and into my body. So an example here, I had a, um, a couple who came in. She was like a, the next type. She's naked on the bed and she's gorgeous. She's like supermodel legs, you know, just long, beautiful hair. And he walks in and he doesn't see his naked wife on the bed who's like really wanting some sex. He sees the socks on the floor. And then the socks on the floor make him think about the laundry that needs to be done. And that makes him think about this thing he forgot with the kids that he needed to pick up and oh, do, wow. which makes him think about work and his whole schedule. And so the shadow side is your mind gets like sabotages your sexuality because you can't stop thinking about the unfinished business that's in the room. The, the, the curtains are screaming at you because they haven't been cleaned, you know, like that kind of yeah. like the things in the room are talking to you. So sensual space is really, really important for that okay, type. Okay. So next one is your sexual. 
Okay. And the sexual is they're really fun. They're super simple. Like they're super straightforward. They're just like, I want to have sex. <laughs> and sex is something inserted into my body, you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. Sex is orgasm. Sex is we, we arouse and we get to the orgasm and everybody is happy. Like that is very much of the sexual blueprint. Now the shadow and sexual, you know, like I, I do all these workshops, right? And I'll, I love the part where we interview and we say, okay, well, tell your blueprint before you speak. And somebody said, well, how would you like to be said hello to, to the panel of men? Like, how would you like someone to greet you? And a sexual man raised his hand. He's like, I'm sexual. He goes, I would just like you to come up and touch my penis. <laughs> like that would it's be, like, like, like that would be the perfect, right? <laughs> like, like, and that's so telling of the blueprint. Like, it's just, it's there. Like, why are you not touching it already? You know, right. like, like, get, like, let's get to it. And so and women can be this too. Like I was at the gynecologist's office recently getting a pap, uh, getting an ultrasound for my checkup. And the woman there was like, you know, she knew me and she knew my blueprint. She's like, you know, I just think women need to be fucked. You know, <laughs> excuse my language, but she's like, I just need, they just need to be fucked. And, and yeah. I was like, yeah, you're a sexual, you know? And so there's a yeah. stereotype that there aren't women who are sexuals. I, my secondary is sexual. Okay. So, got it. You know, like, and that's, it's how I initiate sex. It's how I start sex, like in that blueprint. So, okay. So next one is, so shadow side, sorry, I didn't talk about the shadow. Oh, the yeah. sexual. So sexual shadow is, um, there, no other blueprints exist. It's just like sex means this. It means I have an erection. It means I'm wet. It means that we're having orgasms. And if we don't have that, then that's not sex and that's not successful sex. When oh, in reality, we have to expand our definition of sex because an energetic can have Jedi night sex where they're not even touching and they're across the room from one another. I can have orgasms just thinking myself there. I never have to have a penis involved wow. at all. So wow. like are expanding what's possible sexually. That's part of this conversation on blueprints too, because different blueprints experience their sexuality and are satisfied in very, very different ways. Got yeah. it. Okay. So the, the next one is the kinky. Um, which is, you know, when we think of kinky, I think we think of whips, chains, something's wrong with someone if they like pain. And so this was the blueprint that I had blocked out because I had, I had a kinky lover early on and I was just like, I don't understand this. Like, why are you coming home with bruises? Like, I, like, this is so far, like, cause I was Miss Tantra Island. Right. And so right, I was right. like, something's wrong with you. <laughs> you know? like, yeah. I'm trying to heal him. And really, he didn't need to be healed. He just was part of this, you know, he was this blueprint. And, right. and actually, research shows that kinky people are more healthy mentally than a lot of other people. They have more coping oh. skills. They have more communication skills. So, and, you know, with Fifty Shades now, this has become more of a popular conversation right? where it's becoming very mainstream. So I want to, to just say kinky is about the taboo. And taboo is anything that's taboo for you. So taboo might be... I had sex out of missionary position. I mean, I have clients who are Mormon and they've only had sex through the underwear, you know, like they've never even seen each other's genitals. I had a 53 year old client who'd been married three times that he'd never seen a woman's genitals. Wow. Old. And, and so it's like that. So wow. like anything that involved female genitals was taboo and, and a little kinky for him because, 
that was so outside of belief system and he had so much shame and, you know, like all those kinds of things that were, that were part of his sexuality. So taboo could mean maybe it's playing anally, maybe, you know, like it, it's that whatever's taboo for you. Got it. Two different parts of the kinky blueprint. So there's psychological kink. So I'm more of a, it, my access to it is going to be more psychological. I found this out through exploring kink and found out that, oh, I'm really turned on by something that for me is taboo, which is being a pretty princess. Like oh, interesting. that is so taboo for me. I'm the businesswoman. I'm the professional. Like I am not the pretty princess. I could do goddess, but I can't do pretty princess. Interesting. And so to have my partner, you know, I remember one, one session where I was handcuffed and I had my wrist bound and I was in front of a window at a big hotel here in LA and my, you know, he's like telling me about my beautiful silhouette in the window and I wanted him to dress me up and I wanted him to just tell me how pretty I was. And that was completely my access into that realm. But the, the spanking and the, you know, caning and all, you know, all that kind of stuff was not, it actually triggered abuse and tr- triggered some history uh-huh. in me that was not fun. Now, however, Ian, my partner, he's a kinky and- so here we're six years into our relationship having all this trouble, right? And it's because I didn't know how to access his blueprint. Um, you know, he, he wasn't getting erections. He like all this stuff was going on. Right. And, and then we started playing with kink because I got a book assignment of after 50 shades, you need to write a book on kink. And I'm like, okay, well, this is a world that I'm going to have to explore with him with because I don't know much about it. Right. And all, you know, I get ropes out and all of a sudden I was like, what is going on with you? I mean, it was like, we were back at the beginning of our relationship. We couldn't stop smiling. It re-sparked everything. Ah. The fact that I knew his blueprint, the fact that I like, he's more of a sensation based kinky and definitely has, you know, he has some psychological aspects as well, but it's more about the sensation of ropes or the sensation of things happening to his body where he he's constricted and having that as his blueprint, it was like, Oh, I mean, we just tapped into like a whole world of his eroticism and his libido that wasn't, wasn't possible before. And then it also, the blueprints also opened up the dialogue because then he said, you know, you know, when we're in the car and you just touch my penis, that is so annoying. Like it turns me off so much. And here I am, you know, I'm the sexual. So I'm just like touching genitals in the car is like the best thing ever. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> or like before we go to bed, I just touch his penis thinking, okay, if I touch his penis, he's going to get turned on. He's going to want to have sex. Right. And that is completely short circuiting him. Like he, he, it, we were actually laying in bed last night laughing hysterically because, so he's also a sensual. So he's got a lot of sensual in there too. So I'm energetic, sexual, he's sensual, kinky. We're complete oh, opposites, no. right? Okay. So here we are, we're laying in bed last night and he starts kind of snuggling with me and, and you know, he's like touching my whole body and he's kind of wrapping himself around me. And I look at him and I go, where's this going? Because my sexual needs to know that I, if I'm going to get turned on, I want to have an orgasm. <laughs> and he just starts laughing at me. He's like, oh my God, you sexuals. He's like, like, and we're just laughing at each other because now it's a laughter thing. And now it's something where we have right. compassion for one another, as opposed right. to before it was like, I'm pissed off at him. Like, why are you snuggling with me? Why are you not like going for it? Like, you know, like all of that. And he's going, right. why are you touching me? And why can't we just snuggle and like let whatever happens unfold? And now we laugh and we go, oh, you know, it's just funny blueprints talking. That's so powerful. Well, it reminds me, of course, of like the love language mm-hmm. book and like the love language. And so this is really the, 
the erotic blueprint and the sexual language and the doorway in. And I, you know, and I'm just wondering, um, well, what's, what's the shadow side of the kink? So I don't think we So shadow side of the kink is extreme shame. Okay. So here I am with Ian where he, I'd been with him for six years and he'd never mentioned to me that this turns him on. And I'm a sexologist, you know, like this is what I do for a living. (laughs) Yeah find out that, you know, this has been kind of like this under, I mean, he, he had mentioned it. It wasn't like it was super underground, but it was just something like he never was like, Hey, let's, I really want to do this thing because there was still a lot of shame in him. I mean, even just me talking about it it was like, okay, we're doing this book project. How much am I allowed to talk about? Right. And that was like a big deal, him coming out about it because there was just so much. And there still is, you know, layers of it where it's like, okay, I'm ready for this to be out. I'm ready for that. But I'm not, because his kink was so deep. We found like, we're playing in this and it was like so deep. Even I couldn't like reach where his limits were, where his yeah. boundaries were with Got it. it. So it, it's, it's big. And it was a Got big, it. huge, I mean, just re-sparking for us of everything. So shadow is shame and shadow is also um, fetishizing can be a shadow where you get one thing that can become your route to turn on and it's your only way to get turned on. Okay. So for example, it might be a client who needs to have a new girl every night and he can't have a relationship because his fetish is novelty. Okay. Got it. And then that, that defeats the purpose. Yeah. Right. Okay. And, and that happens a lot of times when, when women become moms, all of a sudden there's a love loss split. I can't now, I love you so much. I've had children with you so much. Now I can't lust after you. You're no longer temptress to me. Right. And that can sometimes happen there too. Not saying that that's the blueprint, but that sometimes just happens psychologically for men. Right. So everyone listening, I just want you to just kind of tune in. So we have, and those are the four types, right? Four, there's five. There's, there's five. Okay. What's the fifth one? Okay. So the fifth one is a shapeshifter. And this is somebody who can, so if we, we imagine their languages, right? So we have uh, the energetic, which is like Chinese, like a beautiful calligraphy, you know, just some beautiful exotic something. And we have sensual, which is like a gorgeous French. And then we have American English, which is our sexual. And, <laughs> and then we have our, uh, our like Persian, which is our kinky. Mm. And then we've got a shapeshifter who, get, who is fluent in everything. Oh. And, and a lot of people want to say, oh, I'm a shapeshifter because I kind of have like two or three. No, you're not a shapeshifter. You have two or three. Like a shapeshifter has them all. Like they have yeah. kinky. They have, they have all of this. And where they're, shat, they're, where they're great is that they're like amazing lovers because they can shapeshift into whatever you want them to be. Huh. Right? But the, the shadow side or the downside is that because they're always shapeshifting to be what someone else wants, they're never really truly fed and they get really bored easily. They're most likely to cheat or most likely to need kind of like an open relationship, not saying that's a bad thing, but right. they can be, um, I will say they're very, they, they judge themselves as being sexually complex or complicated huh. and really they're just erotically intelligent huh. and, and hedonistic in a good way. Yeah. Like they can just take pleasure. I mean, I've seen shapeshifters lay on my table and literally like they could just take pleasure for three, four, five hours and still be like, I can take more, you know, like wow. they can lay there and receive it. And, and then it's like playing the finest instrument I've ever played because it's like, ding, and then that ripples and then, wow. you know, right. like playing the most beautiful <laughs> cacophony of things because they, they can respond to everything. But there's also a shadow shapeshifter, which is the shadow side of all the blueprints where they don't have any positive and they just have all of the negative aspects. And then that's where oh, you wow. really do some deep, deep healing. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Okay. So everyone listening, 
just tune in. Are you energetic? Are you sensual, sexual, kinky, or shapeshifter? And do you, don't you have like a quiz that they can? I do. Okay, so cool. Yeah. We'll make sure they get a link. That's your. Yeah. Yeah. So we, you can go to mamatruthshow.com forward slash sex. So mamatruthshow.com forward slash sex. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm a sexual because I was like, I'll just make the URL sex. <laughs> um, but yeah, and we'll have a link out on the email where you got the show and then it will be with, you know, the video and all that good stuff. So mm-hmm. check that out because I love this. I'm, I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what type I am. I'm actually really curious about this. Um, now here's my question for you, Jaya. So knowing that a lot, like obviously you're very sexually free at this point in your life. It sounds like you're, you've been on your own sexual journey and knowing that there's probably a big range of people who are really in tune with their sexuality. Um, and then there's probably people who are really in tune and then become mom and they're not so in tune or they're getting older and they're not so in tune. And then there's people who've just been totally shut off mm-hmm. from this their entire life. Like mm-hmm. they just, it's not their thing. Like, and then they're in these relationships, perhaps maybe they're married to a man or a woman or a boyfriend, girlfriend or co-parenting. Like what's a doorway in to just increasing the amount of pleasure that we have in our lives? Because I know that like, I love hearing about you and Ian and like knowing, oh, that you were able to go through this doorway and then like explore this. And I know a lot of people just don't have the, for lack of a better term, balls to do that. Like it's too Mm -hmm. scary. It's too risky. It doesn't feel safe. Like, how do we even like start this whole thing? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so one thing is looking at your mindset around sex Yeah. and becoming an erotic, I say becoming an erotic detective. Mm. So you have to do like, so another part of the blueprint is knowing your obstacles mm-hmm. and the obstacles might not be where you think they are. Like we have the physical obstacles. So that could be scar tissue. We don't know that scar tissue is shutting us down. And that could be from a fall from when you were a kid and you fell on your tailbone when you were two and it just shut you down sexually, you know, like it could be a pelvic thing. So it could be that physical thing that happened. It could be a biochemical thing. Maybe your neurotransmitters are off Mm -hmm. and you don't have a lot of dopamine. And so you feel like you have no drive or maybe it's your hormones just crashed after pregnancy, like mine did. And I had no adrenal function and needed to get rebooted. And so that, that could be, it could be a biochemical thing. It could also be the chemistry between you and your partner. Sometimes women go off birth control and they lose attraction to their partner. Interesting. And that's because there's a biochemical shift. Now they're smelling pheromones differently. All kinds of things are shifting. And so it's knowing how to manage the biochemistry. Then you've got emotions. So what were you taught about sex growing up? Right. What were you educated about? And everybody had a sex education. People tell me all the time, I didn't get educated about sex. You did. You just got a negative one. Right. (laughs) You know, we got the education of don't talk about your down there. Don't touch you down there. Don't let anyone else touch your down there. You're like, yeah, all of those messages that we got and I know a lot of moms now just open up a can of worms, which is like, okay, how do I talk to my kids about sex? Right, exactly. You are. You're teaching them about sex based on your own level of shame. And if you, if you do this for anybody, do it for your kids so that this doesn't keep continuing generation after generation after generation because this shame wreaks havoc on people's lives. Yeah. So, you know, watch the messages that you're giving and then think about the messages that you were given. Like, you know, if you go back into your mind and you think about, 
when was that first time that I learned that I should be ashamed of my sexuality? Mm. What was the inciting event? If you open your ears and hear what were people saying about sex? Yeah. How old was I? What, you know, that it gives me chills, you know, just thinking about those inciting events that happen to us. And usually there's three or four of them that are really strong. And then going into your mind and reprogramming some of that mindset, because then that tape has been playing, you know, if you're thinking sex is bad and then I am bad, which is the worst tape, the shame tape is I am bad instead of this is bad. This is bad as guilt. I am is is shame. Then, you know, your body is not going to respond well. Yeah. I am bad. I shouldn't be doing this. You're going to get sick. You're going to find excuses not to have sex. You're, you know, and that could be your whole life. And, and let me say that trauma can be healed. I mean, I have a abuse history and I came from numb pain, total shutdown dissociation into sex goddess, into a physical trauma with the birth and into a disconnection with my partner and back, you know, like sex, sexuality is a journey. Yeah. And when you learn to be an erotic detective, you can be in that journey, no matter where you're at, you can find solutions to dig yourself out of any situation you get into. So, so I talked about emotional and then the last one is bioenergetic. Mm. And so bioenergetics are where, you know, we're bioenergetic before we're anything else. I talked about every cell being wired for pleasure. Everything is wired for pleasure. When you've got your bioenergetics really online, it increases sensitivity. It, it, it can increase lubrication. I mean, there's so many things that can happen with bioenergetics. And this is a huge quantum physics, you know, like lesson, but I'm not going to go into yeah, yeah, yeah. my sex geekery. Yeah. But, um, but just know like if you're really sensitive to be on the computer late at night and then you can't sleep and you feel disconnected to your partner, that might be a sign that getting an app on your computer that shifts the light because that's affecting your brain, just the light on your computer. Wow. It can affect a fertility, like EMF frequency. Like yeah. there are a cortisol levels, you know, it's affecting cortisol levels, which is a master hormone to so your sex hormones. So, you know, it, that can affect your whole biochemistry and everything else. I love it. Well, and I, and you know, I, this is why I love what you're doing and what Ian's doing, uh, you know, at MissJaya.com on your website and with the erotic blueprint, which again, everyone, you can go to, um, mamatruthshow.com forward slash sex to check out that erotic blueprint quiz. And just, so yeah, just a moment on that. So people yeah. will get an evaluation of their blueprint, but they'll also get a three-part video series where I'm awesome. teaching how to touch and how to feed each one of these blueprints. So just know awesome. that like all, as a gift, you know, they'll get a bonus of a three-part video series for that. Yeah. I love it. Well, and that's the thing that I'm so excited about, you know, Jaya and Ian and I have been in the mastermind together over the last year and a half. And, you know, it's just been so amazing because the work that you're doing in the world, I just feel is so important and I wanted to do everything I could to have any of you that are here in my tribe, in my community, on my audience, what have you, know about this because it is such a huge part of life and such a huge part of pleasure. And I feel like almost everyone I know has some sort of feeling to do around it, has a new level to reach with it. We're all transitioning and changing. Our hormones are changing where some of us are reaching midlife and going into premenopause and you know, like all of this different stuff. And so it's it, like you said, it is a journey and there's help and Jaya and her company and her coaches and Ian, her partner and CEO, they are here to help you. And that's the thing that I get so excited about is this resource here 
it's going to blow your mind. I can't wait to watch the three-part video series and do the quiz and find out about my erotic blueprint and all of that <laughs> stuff. And I know my husband's going to be all, woo, woo, I love Diane <laughs> Ian. <laughs> so I'm so excited. So thank you, darlings. Oh, you're so very welcome. I, I so appreciate it. I know how incredibly full your plate is. You're, you know, on Tony Robbins stage and on television all the time. And just thank you so much for coming and doing mm. the Mama Truth show. You're so welcome. It's my pleasure. My great, great pleasure. Yeah. So I have a final question that I ask all my guests, um, which is what is messy and what is magical about motherhood for you these days? Mm. What is messy is that I, so my son's out for the week, which is phenomenal. So that's magical right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) You know, what's messy is that I have not loved motherhood. And I think it's really hard for women to admit that how hard it is in our isolated nuclear sort of model that we're in right now. Yeah. And, you know, I've really struggled with this. I love my son. I don't love being in the, the mother role as it is in our culture today. Yeah. And so that can be incredibly messy for me. And incredibly edge. And then, and then I go into, you know, just having these times like I have right now, which is so magical. My son is incredibly magical being. And I think one of the things that I, I, I just love is he's growing up, not how I grew up. You know, I grew up in an abusive environment. I grew up in a sex shamed environment in some ways. It was more shamed around who I was as a woman than sexuality per se, but you know, that's a whole story. (laughs) But, uh, you know, he, he just has a magical life. The life that we've been able to give him is so incredible and so magical. And the fact that I can still have my temptress in the face of my struggle with motherhood, I think is, is extreme magic. I am a superhero sex goddess. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you are. You know, and I just thank you so much for being so real about that because I feel like there's so much pressure. This is why I created Mama Truth Show and Mama Truth Circle and all of that is just to allow for that sacred space for truth telling about motherhood. And for some people, it's like they become a mom and it's like the angels are singing. It's everything that they dreamed of. And for others, it's like, what the hell? What the fuck did I get myself? Diapers. Yeah. I mean, like, <laughs> what? how am I going to be who I am with uh, this? And so yeah. I love that you just said that. And I, like, I felt like I could hear like a collective exit, exit <sighs> uh-huh. of like moms being like someone's saying that. And she's still an amazing mom and she still loves her son. And it's not collapsed into all those things. It's just the business of being a mom is a rough job. Mm-hmm. Like it really, it's like, you know, I'm like, you know, the other day when I was like, had Evie Rose puking in the bucket and I'm like, just lying there trying to get, you know, vomits all over me, you know, whatever. I'm like, this ain't for the faint of heart. Like, this is crazy. So I thank you. Thank you for saying You're that. So welcome. Thank you for being here. And mamas, thank you all so much for tuning in. Mm. So with that, make sure to check out that quiz. Again, it is mamatruthshow.com forward slash sex. It's in the show notes. And no matter what, mamas, keep embracing the messiness and the magic of motherhood. Until next time, Amy signing off. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening, mamas. Did you know that Amy has a new ebook out? It's called Sacred Self-Care for Moms. 
seven steps to nurturing yourself so you can be the mom you were born to be. And you can receive your free copy by going to sacredselfcarebook.com. That's sacredselfcarebook.com. And please don't keep the Mama Truth Show a secret. The biggest compliment you can give is to share the Mama Truth Show with your loved ones and write a review on iTunes. Until next time, keep embracing the messiness and the magic of motherhood.